Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, meet one of the newest members of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, defensive lineman Max Ford, why he wants to play in Winnipeg, what he thinks of the fans here, and how diversity has been a big part of his life. Dave McDonald, son of the late Ab McDonald, on his dad being inducted into the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame, and Tyler Metcalf, coach of the Sturgeon Heights boys hockey team. They're going to a Game 3 winner-take-all game for the city title against Garden City Wednesday night. What he thinks of that, trying to make history on the podcast. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have signed defensive lineman Max Ford, adding him to their roster a couple days ago, and he joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. Max, good evening. Welcome to the Winnipeg scene. How do you feel about uh, signing a contract with the Bombers? Uh, thanks, Christian. I'm really excited about signing a contract with the Bombers. Um, I think it's a great situation. I, everything I've heard about the fans and the organization uh, sounds like the top-notch uh, thing to be a part of, and I'm really happy for it. So you come in from BC. You played a little bit there last year. Uh, there was a trade as well that would have sent you to Ottawa, but uh, the, a physical was failed. So wh- what? how are you feeling now? Uh, I'm working on getting back to full strength. I'm uh, ready to, I'm, I should be ready before camp. I, uh, right now the timeline has me being uh, ready for full go uh, sometime early in April. So I should be fine to go by the time camp rolls around. So for those who may not know Max Ford, what kind of football player are you? Uh, I personally think that I'm a kind of guy that is going to give you everything I got every down. Uh, I like to hustle, uh, even if somebody else might think I'm out of the play, I don't think I'm ever out of a play. I'm going to chase it down. Um, and just, yeah, I'm going to do it all for, for these fans and for my teammates. So you're a defensive lineman, and you played at Idaho, had a pretty good career there with the Vandals, to BC, now to Winnipeg. You're from the Seattle area. How often have you been to Winnipeg, I guess, with the Lions a couple times yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, with the Lions a couple times. I think in uh, 2017, we played there, uh, I think, twice at the uh, end of the season, so it was pretty cold. And then last mm-hmm. year, we played a little bit early in the season when it was warm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, we've been out there a couple times for that, but that's about it. What was your impression of the environment at Investors Group Field when you were here? Oh, that's, I don't know. It's I'm trying to find the words for it. I think it's kind of like, when you're at like a big time college environment, just the fans are so passionate and they're really into the game and they're right on top of you. I think it's going to be cool to be on, on, on the right side now. What was it about Winnipeg that's drew you towards wanting to play here? Um, I just think uh, right now it's a really good situation. Um, I think I fit in to this uh, roster very well. I think that, uh, this team has done very well in the last few years, um, reaching the Western Final this last year, and um, I think they got a good team, and I, I'm happy to be a part of it and try to try to add to it what I can. So when I read your bio, it said you're from Seattle, but it also called you a national lineman. So I thought, how does that make sense? It's because your dad <laughs> is born in Montreal, right? Yeah, yeah, he was born and raised in uh, Saint Laurent, uh, out there, right uh, in Montreal. Th- does he speak French? Uh, he says he doesn't, but he, he did grow up speaking some French and, uh, well, he was fluent in French when he was growing up and, and now he says he's lost it now that he's lived in the States for so long. But whenever we go back, he still, uh, can get by, I think. So, 
So did you spend uh, basically your whole childhood then in Seattle, or did you bounce around at all? Um, I grew up uh, outside of Seattle in a town called Woodenville for the most part, but uh, there was a little bit bouncing around. I lived in Indiana for a couple of years. Uh, we lived in BC for a couple of years while my dad was playing for the Lions, and uh, I I feel like I'm missing something. I, I bounced around a bit. <laughs> But for the most part, I, I would call the Seattle area home, and that's where I spent most of the time. Okay, so the weather situation in Seattle is mostly rain. Do you get a lot of snow there? Uh, not much, but uh, at University of Idaho when I was there, we, we got snow uh, pretty consistently. Uh, I know it's maybe not as cold as there, but it, it, it there were a couple times when it did get pretty cold, uh, probably around the same as what it gets there. Okay, yeah. So, it, I, I mean, the CFL, you might not stay here during the winter, so you might have to really, really deal with it. But, yeah, it's, it's it gets cold in Winnipeg. I'm sure you've heard that. Uh, yeah, I've heard about that, but I, I don't mind the cold. It's, it's, yeah, you can deal with it. I think it's, you just dress up if you need to. And, yeah. Uh, for game for game days, for me personally, I don't like to wear sleeves anyway, regardless of how cold it is. So, it's, uh, I don't mind it. So you were a member of the BC Lions defense when Adam Big Hill was there. Now you're going to play with Big Hill again. What kind of player is Adam Big Hill? Geez, there's a, there's a lot of words you could use to describe him, but the, the first one that comes to mind is just savage. Uh, it's one that he likes to use uh, a lot of times, and he's just an intense player that's always, always around the ball, always making plays. Uh, he's just a joy to be around, too. He's a good teammate. Um, can't wait to play with him again and a, a number of other guys that I played with in D.C. as well. Now, I, I'm reading an article on the, the Lions website about diversity and the how that has kind of affected your life with grandparents, uh, immigrants, and then your wife as well from Hungary. Tell me, I guess, the, the, the different kind of cultures you've experienced then in your lifetime. So, yeah, my uh, grandparents were immigrants to Canada. Uh, my grandfather was from Barbados, and my grandmother is from Grenada, uh, island nations in the Caribbean. And, uh, yeah, like you said, my wife's from Hungary. And, yeah, my dad has uh, took up residence in, in the States. So uh, my family has done a lot of moving around over the last few generations, and I think that uh, just getting to know these different cultures and see how different people from different places live is it gives you a unique perspective on on things that I wish that everybody got to see and I think everybody should get a chance to see because um, I think that just the different kind of ways of life that people live and the different way people think about things kind of can open your eyes to a lot of different uh, ideas. Now, your wife's also a, a water polo player. Had you ever really experienced water polo at all before? Uh, no. <laughs> she was my introduction to water polo, but uh, she, uh, yeah, she's been a good introduction. She's actually coaching now. And so uh, she tries to coach me up a little bit in the pool and teach me how to uh, in the water like they do, but I, I'm not the best student for that. So what's where does it get, like, <laughs> sneaky dirtier, on the defensive line or – underneath the water in a water polo match? Uh, depends on who you ask between the two of us, I'd say. But uh, I, I think that, uh, I don't know, from what the stories I've heard, it might be under the water because the referee can't see any of that. On the line, but you got a, a referee specifically designated for that, so they try to, to keep the, the dirty stuff to a minimum. But under the water, there's 
anything goes from what I hear. So yeah. So when are you uh, gonna make your first trip to Winnipeg? Um, I'm not exactly sure yet, but I can't wait for it to happen. Um, I'm excited to get around the building, get around the people, uh, get around the city and see the the fans and everything because uh, everything that I've heard, like I said, so far has been been great, and I can't wait to be there. Well, Max, we look forward to having you here. Uh, congratulations again, and best of luck in your training through this off season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. At the Jets game tonight, beforehand, the late Ab McDonald and Lars Eric Schuberg were inducted as the fifth and sixth members of the Jets Hall of Fame, both serving as captains during the WHA era. McDonald, a native of Winnipeg, Winnipeg, played 16 seasons in the league from 1958 to 1972 with Montreal, Chicago, Boston, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis, then finished out his career the last two years with the WHA's Winnipeg Jets from 72 to 74. The first captain of the Jets scored the first goal of the WHA era, four-time Stanley Cup champion, passed away earlier this year. Well, not earlier this year, but in September, this past September at the age of 82 after a battle with cancer. Schoberg was born in Sweden, played for the Jets from 74 to 79, and then as well the first season in the NHL, known as the Professor and the Little General, led the Jets to the AFCO Cup in 78, 76, 79, served as the first captain of the 1.0 NHL era as well, accomplished player internationally, played in the 68 and 73 Olympics, passed away the age of 43 back in 1987 after a battle with cancer. In addition to that induction ceremony, the game paying tribute to other captains, Blake Wheeler obviously there, Morris Lukowicz, Dave Christian, Dale Howarchuk, Thomas Steen, Keith Kachuk, Chris King, all in attendance, and members of the families of both men who were honored were in attendance. I had the chance to chat with Ab McDonald's son Dave earlier today. I know my dad would uh, would definitely love that they are honoring him and it, and uh, you know especially being a Winnipeg Jet and you know he loved he loved the Jets and he loved the city of Winnipeg so he would definitely be very honored. How did he feel when the Jets came back? Yeah, he loved it. He thought it was great for the city and I, and uh, he watched all the games and uh, and he was uh, he was proud to be part of the Jets organization and you know from the very start and he was really excited about it. So the idea now of this new franchise who doesn't technically in the NHL's eyes have any connection with the 1.0, that's histories in Phoenix, but for everyone in the city, they, they don't care. The history of the first team is still here in Winnipeg. This must be a, a pretty lofty honor for you and your family tonight. Oh, definitely. Like most of the people in Winnipeg think of the Jets starting back in the WHA, no matter whether it was part of the NHL or not. And that was the start of the NHL Jets, and and most of the fans feel that way, and um, our family feels that feels that way, and and we feel as we are part of the Jets, and and we all uh, cheer for them, and we look forward to seeing them win the cup. And this is something this team has over the years since it came back kind of embracing more and more of its uh, the original days of the WHA and the first NHL team here of honoring the old, and we're seeing that tonight with your father and Lars Eric Schuberg. And I guess that, that must feel good seeing that this, this team is kind of embracing its history, even if it was a little frosty to at first. Yes, of course. And, and it was that way. And, and, uh, but sometimes it takes, times to you know uh 
um, you know, heal the old wounds. But every, I think, I think as everything is good and everybody, you know, wants to see the the old Jets and the new Jets, and you know, hockey is hockey, and um, you know, everybody's cheering, was cheering and is cheering for the same team, and it's and it's all Winnipeg. So when your father passed away in the fall. What was the outpouring like from the community that your family received? Oh, it was unbelievable. It was it was just so it's it's hard to really, you know, tell somebody what it's like, but you know, he had so many friends and it was it was, you know, cuz he always came back to Winnipeg and and Winnipeg was his home and he, you know, um he had so many friends here and it was just it was just unbelievable. Uh, the amount of, you know, people come to see him, wanted to see him, you know, it was just, it was incredible. What was it like growing up uh, in a household, I guess, with a father that played in the NHL? Uh, well, he was a regular father. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, later on in life, of course, well, he was, uh, you know, like my best friend. But, you know, growing up, it's a little different because your dad's playing, you know, for the NHL and we traveled all around you know, where, wherever he played, if it was in Chicago, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Detroit, um, you know, wherever it was, we would leave school here and we would travel there. We'd go to school down into in those cities. And then at the end of the year, we would come back for the summer. And um, it was always, it was kind of special, of course, because he did play for the, the NHL teams wherever we went. How old were you when uh, he signed with the WHA Jets? I was 12 back then. So was that, I guess that, that's a pretty impressionable age then. So when you come home or I guess for his home in Winnipeg, what was that like for you? Oh, it was great. Cause I mean, we always, when we would go away, we would always finish school in the state. So when we came back to Winnipeg, well, school was still on. So we used to hang outside the school and wait for our friends to come out because they were still in school in June. So, um, but it was it was very good. He was uh, he was happy to be back, and so were we. So when did you find out that the Jets would be doing this? Uh, I actually found out in October, and uh, you know the the alumni had told me you know you have to come back for it. And, uh, and of course, I'm going well. It's plus twenty seven in Mazatlan, and it's minus twenty seven in Winnipeg. So, but I would I definitely was coming back for anything to honor my father. So where have you been spending your winter then? Uh, down in Mazatlan, Mexico. Ah, well, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a change then. <laughs> yes, 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 it definitely is. I was, last Wednesday I was golfing, and and uh, this Wednesday I won't be. No, nor, nor any Wednesday in the immediate future in this city. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I guess final thoughts, just the the... What do you think of this now, the legacy of your father that uh, he leaves behind in, in hockey and, I guess, off the rink as well? Um, well, you know, he was, uh, he was a very humble man, and, and uh, he, was, uh, he was, you know, I would like to think he was well-liked by everybody, and, and he always knew everybody's name, and he knew where you came from. He knew your mother's name. He knew you, where you worked, and... Um, and you know, hockey it just seemed like was uh, you know almost secondary to make sure that you know it wasn't him that was special; it was you that was special. So, and I think everybody felt the same whenever they talked to him. 
All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate your time. Enjoy this night tonight. It's a big night for for you and your family, and uh, congratulations on it. All right. Thank you very much, Christian. Appreciate you calling. Manitoba Junior Hockey League tonight. 2 nothing. Winnipeg leads Wayway Capo in the second. Nipawa trailing at Swan Valley 4-1. Stampeder trying to ice down second spot in the standings. OCN up 3-1 in Dauphin. Selkirk 4-2 lead on Winkler. NBA tonight. The Toronto Raptors have a decent lead on the Boston Celtics up 68-52 in the third quarter. Early third quarter in that one as they outscored Boston 36-13 in the second. That's nuts. And in the Winnipeg High School Hockey League tonight, Sturgeon Heights losing to Garden City 4-3 in Game 2 of the Tier 1 Division A Final. Oak Park beating College of Sauvé in the Division A Tier 2 Final, both of those requiring a Game 3 later this weekend. We are joined now by Tyler Metcalf, the head coach of the Sturgeon Heights team. Tyler, I guess I take it uh, the mood isn't as jovial as we figured it could have been tonight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you could say that. Obviously, it's a uh, it's a letdown when you have a team in a, a position to to lock it up and uh, and and take away that championship. So, it's uh, yeah, a little bit of a letdown. But it's one of those situations where you got to have a short memory and kind of have a crummy sleep tonight, forget about it in the morning, and then you go back at it for game three tomorrow night. It's right away. I guess the there's all day leading up tomorrow. It's just going to be. Can we just play this game right now? Yeah, well, it's it's we've been chomping at the bit. This has kind of been a two-year uh, lead up to this game. We really set this framework with our veteran uh, group last season, and I kind of thought they got the short end of the stick last year. And um, really, they've been a devoted bunch here, making a drive right to the end of the playoffs at a really tough semifinals against St. Paul's, and uh, don't have much easier of a of an opponent with garden city. They've got some really good high end talent and great coaching staff over there too. So it's going to be an exciting game tomorrow. So both Vincent Massey and St. Paul's had buys going into the semifinals, both lost the series. So kind of upsets there for you, the three seed in garden city, the five seed, they'd never been into in the final before in tier one before. So history will be made. I, I understand that Sturgeon Heights hasn't won a title in tier one either. Since our, yeah, since our school's amalgamated, which I think was 11 years ago now, our school's never uh, won a Winnipeg High School Hockey League championship. And I, I think even before that, when Silver Heights and Sturgeon Creek were separate schools, Silver Heights had never won, and Sturgeon Creek, I believe, won in, uh, I think it was 1986. So we're talking about a 30-year drought, which uh, is exciting. It's, these guys have a chance to make history, and they're they're really excited and chomping at the bit, like I say. So it's... Uh, it was a tough one tonight, but uh, it's been a very competitive top six teams. And uh, going into the playoffs, that kind of proved it with uh, Massey and St. Paul's. They're, they're ranked number one and two, and they get that bye. And the two, or the sorry, the three, four, five, and six teams are on any given night, a couple bounces, uh, one way can be the difference. So both go- series or both games in this series have been one goal games. I believe 4 3 was also the score last night as well. Is that correct? Yep, you're right. Yep, so it's dead even. You've each scored the same number of goals in this series, seven apiece. You got one game to do or die here. So what is it about Garden City that, uh, I guess, poses a, a challenge for your squad? Uh, I think both our teams are similar in the sense that we both have some very gifted forwards that are able to score and capitalize on mistakes. And 
at the end of the day, majority of these kids are 16, 17, and a few 15-year-olds. So mistakes are going to happen, trying to minimize them. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it's not likely to be a one nothing game that both teams can score. So it'll see uh, see who's got a little bit of jump left in a game three and three and three nights. How did you perform against Garden City during the regular season? And does that have any kind of bearing on tomorrow night? Uh, you know what? I, my frame of mind for our boys tomorrow is you got to forget about everything else that's happened throughout the year. I, I believe actually to date we're, I think we're three and three with them. We played them quite a few times with uh, tournament games and exhibition games throughout the season. Um, but a lot of a lot of different scenarios earlier in the season where we had guys out with injuries and whatnot, and I think that tonight we just didn't uh, didn't buckle down in those tough situations late in a game where you have to you have to make those small unnoticeable plays that make such a big difference. And they were able to get a few bounces. I think we hit a crossbar, and then sure enough, ten seconds later they go down the ice and they get a bounce to a guy wide open back door for the game winning goal. So it's you got to minimize those mistakes and then hopefully you get a few bounces your way because hockey's a funny game that way. Sometimes they always go in, sometimes they don't. You never know. In your career as a coach and even as a player, have you ever won a championship before? I was pretty fortunate. I, uh, I basically played 15 years of pro hockey between the Western Hockey League, CIS hockey at the U of A and, and overseas in Europe for five years. So I was able to win two national championships um, with the University of Alberta and uh, a couple overseas as well. But it's uh, it's something that is a very valuable life skill for these kids to learn so early on and to deal with adversity and, and try to persevere through, through tough situations. It's devastating having a game within our grasp and then losing it tonight. So these are great life lessons that these guys are learning at a really young age, and, and hopefully they can bounce back tomorrow and, and take it even one step further. How different is it playing in a championship game compared to coaching in one? Yeah, you know, I always thought that coaching wouldn't be as stressful because you're not the one on the ice having to perform. But I got to tell you, <laughs> it's been uh, yeah, it's nerve wracking. It's not much better as a coach. Um, you're, you're hoping for the best for your players and truly feel that they deserve uh, a championship here. But you got to go out and you got to earn it. It's not going to be given to them, and they got to get it done. I feel like they're the best team in the league, and they have been for two years in my mind. But uh, you got to get it done. You got to go out there and you got to finish the job. It's not going to be given to them. Do the uh, kids still have to go to class tomorrow? <laughs> They'll be there. We got a pretty good group. They'll be in class. But uh, yeah, the later starts for these games. I usually play at four, so they're excuse a little early. But uh, yeah, they'll be there. It's good to get the guys together throughout the day. I know. High school sports is fantastic uh, seeing so many kids in the stands, and I don't think you get that at, at other club teams where mm. arenas aren't packed with hundreds and hundreds of uh, your peers at school. So it's really fun. I think the boys are soaking it up, and tomorrow's going to be exciting. That's a good point. I grew up in uh, small town Ontario, and I remember there was a championship game we played in the uh, that was played in the arena where the Owens Sound attack play. And uh, we all got to have a buyout. You pay a dollar, you could go watch the game. And it was one of the coolest environments I've ever kind of been involved at at a minor hockey level. So I, I would hope that, yeah, you know, everyone goes to their classes. And then once that's done, they all parade to the Iceplex tomorrow afternoon to see if you can win a title. And same for the Garden City kids. Absolutely. Yeah, it should be bumping. I know there was a bunch of basketball playoff games going on and some soccer going on uh, 
yesterday and today and then tomorrow. I don't think that's the case. So I think it'll be it'll be loud in there. It'll be a fun atmosphere. Well, Tyler, best of luck tomorrow night. Uh, do or die. I guess this is kind of what you live for, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's never a dull moment, that's for sure. All right, good luck tomorrow night. Thanks for joining me today. Right on. Thanks very much. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts yet.